Well, I got all my stuff stuffed in a ride of truck, and I'm headed to the city to get live. Well, I got all my stuff stuffed in a ride of truck, and I'm headed to the city to get live. On some ten foot mic cord, bona fide what? All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Rametown Riot Podcast. We're here with the Bobby Lloyd and the Thomas Mayfield. And we are going to give you here some more sports talk for the upcoming stuff. In our later part of the episode, we'll be talking George, who will be giving us some Euro Cup knowledge for what's going on out in Europe. And today we know we're going to change it up a little bit. We've been starting with NBA all the time. And we have by far one of the biggest stories in this NBA season that just went down. But we're going to talk about UFC 200 to start. This is arguably UFC's biggest card that's ever happened before where you have three title fights. You have Jones versus Cormier. You have Misha Tate versus Amanda Nunes. And then you have the interim title fight because McGregor partially retired, all that weird stuff, with Aldo versus Frankie Edgar. And then the fight that I'm looking forward to a lot is Brock Lesnar's back in the ring against Mark Hunt. So this is a huge card. I know, Bobby, you're super stoked about this. What do you think? Dude, it's so exciting looking at this card. Like, every single fight, even the ones that are on the in the prelims, are just stacked full of fighters that you want to see. Like, you start off with Sage Northcutt fighting against Enrique Marin. And, I mean, Sage Northcutt's one of the one of the hottest young rising stars in the UFC. The kid's, like, 19 years old, probably going to be a championship champion one day looking at this picture it looks like he has a 12 pack probably like a 24 pack guy's ridiculous i don't want to talk about that anymore but (laughs) then we got tj dillashaw the the dude was a champion uh just lost a championship fight to uh cruz a couple months ago um assuming that he's able to beat rafael asunsao then he'll get another title shot uh johnny hendrix is always a heavyweight like Dude knocks people out consistently. One of the most exciting fighters in the 170-pound division. I, I just love the whole card, man. Top to bottom, you got Cain Velasquez, Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar, which is a fight that, I mean, that that's exciting as hell. Whoever wins that fight is going to get to fight uh, Conor McGregor in his next bout after 202, so it's big time. I'm really, that's the fight I'm really intrigued with is the Jose Aldo and Edgar fight just because I want to see McGregor get all those best, I guess. I just feel like that was, I, I don't want to say that Aldo came out and um, gave McGregor his best shot last time, and I want to see that rematch. I mean, you're only as good as your last fight, you know, and Josie Aldo's last fight lasted 13 seconds. He got knocked out. Frankie Edgar, on the other hand, is on a winning streak, beating some of the best guys. He beat Chad Mendez. Um, well, one thing with the UFC, I like their statement to say is you're only as good as your last fight because you can get knocked out. UFC is so unpredictable. You can get knocked out in any given instance. We thought Anderson Silva was indestructible before he lost to Weedman, right? Like we, All these things are why UFC is gaining insane popularity to this point. And be, just because it's sheer entertainment because you never know what's going to happen. Any second, somebody could be knocked out. And just think about all like the underdog victories that have happened to champions in the last year in the UFC. Like if you bet on the underdogs consistently, you would have made, like say you bet fifty dollars, you would have made like thousands of dollars by now just betting on the underdogs because pretty much they've won. Like uh, on one card, you had Holly Holm losing to Tate, and then you had McGregor losing. 
Yeah, I bet on both of those, and I uh, won on both of those. <laughs> so, any what what upset do you guys seeing happening? If if anything prominent here, if you were to say, "Oh, I see, I see this happening," as far as upset goes. I mean, it, it depends uh, who you who you consider. I mean, obviously Jones is expected to beat Cormier, and I don't see. Cormier being like I, I think Jones is uh, the best fighter in the UFC. He's just got so much length and strength and skill and ability. I'd be pretty shocked if Cormier is able to beat him. Uh, Lesnar and Hunt. I think Lesnar might be favored right now, even though uh, Hunt is is probably been hitting like just practicing more, have more skill at this point. But I think people are expecting Lesnar to take him down and Hunt not to be able to deal with it. Uh, heavyweight, there's another big heavyweight, Velasquez Brown. Anytime there's a heavyweight fight, there's potential for a knockout. These guys are just swinging so hard that you never know the way heavyweight fights are going to So you're go. picking no upset, Bob? I would say Velasquez Brown, I could definitely see that upset. So you're saying Brown beating Velasquez is the yeah, upset? Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see Brown knocking out Velasquez. Uh, Tate I, Nunez... I could. I just don't think Tate is like the same level of fighter as Ronda Rousey. She obviously lost to Ronda Rousey twice. I think uh, outside outside of Rousey, anyone's capable of beating anybody. And I think Holly Holm should have beat Tate. Holly Holm was definitely oh, winning that think, fight yeah, completely, and then just got caught. Yeah. Give Tate credit in the fifth round; she caught her. But Holly Holm was winning that fight. Tate's a sound fighter. I think as far as athleticism goes in the female division. Rousey and Holm are just head and shoulders above everyone else. And so, like, Tate's skill is good, but I could, I could see any of these other girls catching her with the punch. Or... I say if I was going to pick my f- upset for you, Thomas, is I'm going to go with Frankie Edgar. He's okay. just such a scrapper. Mm-hmm. If you watch his fight, he just never gives up. Such a scrapper. I could see him pulling something off. I'm not even sure that's an upset, honestly. Like, Frankie Edgar's been a champion at the 155 division. Uh, beating BJ Penn a few years back, he never he's never been uh, held the belt at 145. But like I said, Josie Aldo's coming off a big loss, and Frankie Edgar's coming off a winning streak. So Aldo, before the McGregor loss, um, was undefeated for a number of years, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he, he had the longest streak, like the longest nine streak. years or something like that. Yeah, so pretty big deal, right? And just a side note, I just want to mention, so I'm, I often try to share some of my sports knowledge at work or around other people I know, and a lot of the UFC knowledge that I get comes from, from my friends here, Bobby and Matt, and it turns out my, uh, my pronunciation is always wrong and I sound like an idiot in front of my friends because I say Jose Aldo. And Nunez and Andre Dramont and things like that. So just be a little forgiving when we pronounce Daniel Cormier instead of Daniel Cormier. All right. Two things here real quick. I have to give a shout out. Diego Sanchez is on this card as well. And being from Albuquerque, New Mexico, I've met him multiple times. He is such a scrapper. Really fun to, really fun to watch the fight. He's been getting his ass kicked lately. He just gets beat up like crazy. But... He's fun to watch because he never gives up as well. But going back to these odds, we got John Bones Jones is a pretty heavy favorite. 
Mark Hunt is actually the favorite. Favorite. Uh, Misha Tate is the favorite. Wow, Frankie Edgar and Aldo are pretty much even. And they actually, Frankie Edgar, if you had to, I, it's pretty much even. So that's not much of a push there. Velasquez is a heavy favorite. And for those are the big fights right there. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, top to bottom, just there are so many fights that I'm excited to see. Normally, these UFC cards come out, and it's like the top two or three fights are fighters that I that are exciting, that I want to see, that I care about. This time, it's just like there's just so many brawlers on this card. So, like, it's going to be a big night. If you only tune into the UFC once in a while, this is one of the nights you should tune in. This is a great card, like best in a long, long time. Definitely worth weighing in on. Definitely. So, yeah, check out UFC 200 this Saturday. It's going to be a blast. Check it out on pay-per-view. We'll be back talking about the biggest story in sports after this. What's up, you crazy riot? Uh, this is Bobby off the Rametown Riot. I'm encouraging you to check out Knob Hill Bar and Grill. Uh, obviously, I work there Thursdays, Fridays, Saturday nights. It'd be great for me if you come by and check it out. We got award-winning food with our chef, uh, Philip Royball. Craft cocktails, the best craft beer bar in Albuquerque. Um, we, yeah, so great place to take a date. And then Fridays and Saturday late night, we do the nightclub, one of the funnest places in town. We're at the corner of Bryn Mawr and Central. If you haven't been there lately, I definitely encourage you to check it out. Yeah, and come by and say hi. Hope to see you there. We are back on the riot, and we are going to cover the biggest sports story right now as Raymer here is wearing a Golden State Warriors shirt and Bobby and I are just disgusted with, Let's what, go! with what's going on. <laughs> but uh, Raymer, give us your initial thoughts on the, the big signing of Kevin Durant to the Warriors two-year contract. <laughs> My different thought is, holy shit, like this is ridiculous. We've, something we've never, we'll never see or we have never seen in the NBA history like this. You have three players on a team that could potentially go off for 50 points in any given night. And it wouldn't be a surprise. Thompson, Curry, or Durant. And then you have Green. You have four players on a team that were all NBA last year. First, either first, second, or third team. The four players. The last two different MVPs. The last two different MVPs. Plus, there's, I got another one for you. They are the first team in NBA history, or the no, third team in NBA history, sorry, to have two players that have won MVP awards and scoring titles on the same team. Who else? Who else? It was Magic. the Lakers were one of them. Um, I, I, I don't know that I want to top of my head. But either way, yeah, this is just crazy. So if you haven't heard, Kevin Durant is joining the Warriors, and it's a two-year, $54 million deal. And he took a little bit less money to go to the Warriors, which is crazy to think about the numbers. But in order for the Warriors to make this capable, they – Restricted the rights on Harrison Barnes and traded Andrew Bogut. And believe it or not, Andrew Bogut was the highest played or like second highest played player on the Warriors last year. Right. So I, this is my initial reaction. I don't even want to be friends with Matt anymore. This is just too much. I like I hate the I hate that this is happening. I don't want to watch the Warriors. Uh they just they just broke the record for best team in basketball and now they get like another top five player in the league added to their team. Like, it just doesn't seem fair. It's not fun. Where's the uh, where's the parody, Matt? Well, all right. I'll tell you this truly as a sports fan. 
when I first broke as a sports fan because I love sports so damn much, that was a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Just because OKC was so close, right? They should have won. They had three chances to win over Golden State, and now they lose, and he goes to the team they lost to? Like, it just seems strange that way. I mean, the Warriors fan, I'm stoked. I, I think the Warriors have potential to be one of the best teams of all time at, right away, which is hard to say because they won 73 games last year. But it is a little, like, ah, I don't know. It's just what is this league going to in that D- way? Disappointing, I think, is the word that fits. I think you just said that as well because Durant was so close from beating that historic team. And you just wanted him to see him do it one more time. I wanted him to give it one more shot to come back and get revenge on what had happened, that historic downfall. And now, I mean, the implications of this, we can get into that in a bit, but uh, for, the, for the Thunder franchise are just devastating. Like, that, I, I feel awful for, for Oklahoma City. And as... Um, Thinking about this from Durant's perspective, I can't really blame him. I mean, you're going to a team that seems like it's a lot of fun, a team where you um, get to you get to spread the floor. He gets a lot more open shots than he's had, probably. I mean, it fits it just, his style of play yeah, perfectly. Yeah, if this was pickup basketball. This would be all the best players in the gym all getting on the same team and just dominating for the entire night and they don't have any trouble. No one else can guard them. It's just, it's not fun. I don't know. Okay. So, so this is a opinion that I've heard. I don't necessarily agree with you. I just want to hear what you guys, guys have to say about it. But some people are out there saying, well, I don't know if it'll really work. There's only one basketball to go around. Curry obviously needs the basketball to be great. Durant needs the ball. Thompson needs the ball to be good. What, what do you guys have to say about that? Okay, so the, the Warriors' largest selling point to Durant was all they care about is winning. That was literally the, the number one selling point they had when Seth, Steph Curry, Thompson, and Green, and Kerr, and Iguodala flew out to the Hamptons to meet with Durant. They all flew out there to sit down face-to-face with them and say, all we care about is winning. We will do whatever it takes to, to do to win. So you'll get your shots. I'll take less shots. It'll happen that way. And it all makes sense. You look at a lot of times the Warriors played this year. Thompson nor Curry brought the ball up. You'd have another player bring the ball up. You'd have, whether it be Livingston or Inguodala or whatever. Because Curry is arguably the best player in the league off the ball. And Thompson, you could argue the same thing. So you, there's, they're going to share shots. And they're going to be very fast-paced game now. Well, one more thing to add to the recruiting process that you were just talking about. Apparently, story has it is... Curry, after the, uh, the meeting, texted Durant and said things as far as, you know what, I don't care if you're the guy. I don't care if you win the MVPs. I'm going to be um, cheering for you right up front. I don't care if you score more points than me. I, all I care about is winning championships. So, I mean, adds to your point, Matt, of what you were just saying, that, that huge selling point that the Warriors had. So the, the only bit of struggle that I could see with them getting in as far as uh, like chemistry for a team does is it's just Durant has not been running the same type of offense in Oklahoma City that they run in Golden State at all. Like he's just used to a lot of isolation ball 
and getting the ball pretty consistently. I mean, a lot of people would say uh, he that Westbrook was hogging the ball from him, and that's true. But they were they were splitting it. They were splitting out possessions on that team about 50-50. Durant is seeing a but. So the only, the only point where that comes into conflict is it's just like Durant has to accept Steve Kerr's coaching, which I imagine he will because he's one of the smartest players in the league and he's very efficient. He just has to accept the coaching and the idea of moving the ball rapidly. One thing to what you're just saying, and I don't know if this is a counter or agreeing with you now, um, but what Durant wrote to the media is said that I believe the Warriors will bring out the best player in me. He believes he has the the best potential, the most potential to grow as a player being on the Warriors than he did on the Thunder. He thought he would overall become a better basketball player and student of the game by playing with him. So now to compare, because we love comparing players and everything kind of goes back to this is LeBron's world. Do you think, I guess I'm just interested in this. Do you guys think Durant's getting the same amount of flack as as LeBron did for the Heat thing, or I mean, this is even more. This is even more extreme than the Heat, for sure. Um, and so, do you think Durant gets a pass a bit here, or do you think it's he's getting the flack that that he deserves and that LeBron would would get and did get? I think he's getting a lot of. I think he's getting a lot of flack. I think a lot of people are hating on him like crazy. Not quite the same level as LeBron, just because. Everybody hate, A lot of people hate LeBron. It's just how it is. Durant, everybody really loved Durant. Durant really never had anything through his career that people didn't like him. His emotional speech of winning MVP, giving it to his mom, all these things. He was always kind of known as like the counter LeBron in a lot of ways, right? Because when he left, um, when LeBron left Cleveland to Miami, Durant signed his extension with the Thunder. So he did the exact opposite. So he was looked at like the golden guy that stays with his team. So now that he has, is leaving, he's getting a lot of flags. Stephen A. Smith called him the weakest movies ever seen of a star player in NBA history. And so he's getting hated on, but I feel like that will pass over time with like don't anything you kinda, else. Don't you kind of feel like it's just something we've already been through before? So like when LeBron did it, the initial reaction, like a lot of us didn't know how to react and a lot of people overreacted and uh, just kind of behaved poorly. They're like burning his jersey in the street and like cursing him and calling him all kinds of bad names and stuff. And it's like... And then you get over that initial emotions, you just kind of realize, like, that was crazy. What the hell? Like, there was no reason. And all it is is a basketball player switching teams. And then so I don't feel like I don't feel it's on a bigger scale or a lesser scale. It's pretty much the exact same thing of creating a superstar player, creating a superstar team and kind of seeming unfair. But it's just not the same thing anymore. Yeah, I I agree. And I think as time passes, this will go. And Durant overall was with OKC for nine years. Mm-hmm. He was committed to that organization. He just has an opportunity that no player in NBA history has ever had. Because of the changing in the salary cap going up so much with the TV deals and everything, no team has ever had a chance to bring a fourth player in on a max contract. Mm-hmm. It's just such a unique opportunity and also, Steph Curry has the best contract of any player in the NBA. What is does Steph have like the fifth highest contract? He makes eleven money? million dollars a so year. So I think he's paid the fifth highest on Golden State. Yeah, do you see some of the contracts yeah. that signing yeah. this? So do you guys do you guys feel the same way I do, where you just kind of feel like I don't know how to say it. 
you just kind of say, like, I didn't, I didn't root for, I just, I didn't root for uh, Miami when LeBron James and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade create a super team there. I didn't root for the Lakers. I just feel like now they just give me a team to hate. Like, I'm going to be hoping everyone beats them all year. And I'm not typically just a hater, but I just love to see underdogs. And whenever there's a team that's like this much the opposite of an underdog, like everyone else becomes the underdog to beat them. And so I like, I, I probably will be rooting against them all season unless something changes. Did you just ask me that as a question? Like, what do you do? I don't know. I just, I just don't know how you can justify rooting for this team. Hell no. I'm a Warriors fan. I'm freaking stoked. Okay, okay. so for it was completely different last year. Like last year, I had respect for the Warriors. I just thought built their this, team. This yeah. team just built their team through smart management in the draft, and that's smart management. How is this not incredibly smart management? He is this. He's by far the smartest GM right now in the game. It just kind of seems like collusion uh, at some point when you're like picking up Zaza Pachulia for two million and David West for no money at all. Well, first of all, explain that those are two. New players the Warriors added. Yeah, so the Warriors had to trade away a lot of their important players, including their starting center, Andrew Bogut, in order to fit fit Durant's salary into the team. And then they get replacements for him for pennies on the dollar, considering backup centers in the NBA are signing contracts, averaging around like 15, 16 million a year this last week, like just record-breaking contracts. And then... The Warriors get two backup cent- two backup quality like borderline starter quality centers for a combined like four million dollars next this year. This isn't a, this is nothing new here, Bob. I don't know why you're upset about that. David West just signed with the Spurs last year for the league's minimum as well. Yeah, I just this is I don't not know this is nothing new. Uh, People signed with Cleveland to follow LeBron James all the place and sign for cheap as hell. It's nothing new. Typically, I just root against those teams. I know, but, you're, but like, you're the overreaction, you're kind of having okay. an overreaction. Well, okay. I'm not having an overreaction. I'm going to root this way like forever. I just okay. think. To answer Bobby's question, we in the past have talked about I'm a huge Warriors hater. But for some reason, I'm not um, – I'm just interested more than anything. I, oh, I, God. I'm a Durant fan. That's the thing. So I'm conflicted. It's like a sick dichotomy here because I'm a Durant fan, but I really hate the Warriors. So I don't know. I guess I'm just going to have to wait and see what I'm going to be like thinking when I watch this. Every game is going to be so much to watch them play because they're – how are you going to guard that team? You have three of the best shooters in the league. You have the two best two, and then Durant's – we had this conversation in a prior podcast with Durant shooting. They're such good shooting that they're going to space the floor – I don't know how you guard that team. I think concerning high volume and difficulty of shot, this might be the three most. I mean, maybe not Thompson. For but best I, shooters. Yeah, shooting-wise, shooting there's some other people in there. I mean, Lillard in there. But, I mean, but it's three of the most in the league in that situation. Three of the best shooters. Three of the best. So, I want to talk about the implications right now of Oklahoma City, who I just feel awful for. Because Oklahoma City just had this unique situation where they had two of the top five players in the in the NBA and they got them from the draft small market team how this this team had no business ever having I mean unless you're going to acquire people through the draft there's no no way they're ever going to sign people like that you know so now it's very unlikely Westbrook's going to leave is very unlikely he is going to leave 
Um, very likely that very likely very likely that Westbrook will leave, and uh, maybe already was because he's an LA guy. For the listeners that don't know, Russell Westbrook is an unrestricted free agent next season, so the Thunder could potentially lose Durant and Westbrook in back-to-back seasons. Westbrook might be traded before, which yeah, there's a high likelihood yeah. that they trade Westbrook this year. In order to avoid uh, losing him for nothing, so they'll trade him for young prospects and future draft picks and stuff like that. Yeah, man, it sucks. I mean, Kevin Durant, they were talking about uh, naming streets after him in Oklahoma City. Like, there was going to be KD Trey Boulevard and Durant Avenue. Uh, and and now I don't. I just don't think Oklahoma City will ever recover in our lifetimes. This is... I, I, I would never say never in our lifetime, but... If they can't re-sign Russell Westbrook, then it's it's insane. Well, that's they're not going to sign re-sign Westbrook. That's why it's fun to talk about these extreme implications. Because my prediction is they don't sign Westbrook, they fall into mediocrity like the Memphis Grizzlies for years and years and years, and at the very best are like a four or five seed in in the playoffs. And how are they? I mean, they had such a unique position here with these two players these guys don't come around very often and they had two of them like i mean the thunder really the thunder have had a steroid of misfortunes because of injuries all over these years right with durant and westbrook getting hurt in back-to-back years and it really hurt their magnitude of having multiple championships possibly and it's just such a travesty to happen to the small market team right because there's no way you can put it oklahoma city is not a desirable location to live for a lot of these NBA players, and it's not a destination. There's no shot to their fans at all. They have some of the best fans in the game. However, it's just not going to be a marquee destination, and I think it has a chance to play out as one of Destiny's most unfortunate circumstances for one franchise. Well, they just they did so well. They drafted uh, Durant, Westbrook, Harden, and Ibaka all within a three-year span. And so they had, for a while, this team that looked like uh, destined for success, destined for multiple championships, and they weren't able to hold it together. Um, If the salary cap was expanding back then the way that it is right now, it wouldn't have been a problem, and they would still have all those four guys, which includes, like, three of the top MVP candidates and a defensive player of the year candidate. They, they They would still be the super team. But timing didn't work out their way. Exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah, it sucks. You, they don't. Oklahoma City doesn't have another professional sports franchise, uh, and I mean, it's just scary. Like, like if they suck, are they gonna lose? Are they gonna lose their their last professional that's, sports that's, franchise? That's like, the extreme implications that I'm thinking. Like, maybe the Thunder as a franchise will be done shortly. No way. They'll, they'll have, I, they have better players than a lot of people still in the league today. They still have saw. Stephen Adams could be a stud still. Oladipo was a solid trade for I them. I think Stephen Adams is a stud. Uh, Oladipo will be good, but they they still play in the Western Conference. Once and, once they lose Westbrook, I see and, like chance. Sorry, excuse me. Chances of them being a playoff team are pretty slim. And then they still had Westbrook and Durant take every single shot on an isolation play in every fourth quarter. It was like it, it was such a reliant team on those two. It's, so if they knew they were losing Durant, why didn't they go after Harrison Barnes? Why aren't they going after Dwayne Wade right now? What? Why aren't like? Well, I don't think they knew, and I mean, 
I, I, I had heard that, that they had a pretty good idea he was leaving. Yeah, I heard that when, too. Wait, when? When? Once they lost? No. Oh, yeah, in between. Uh, like a in, day or two before he left. In between. Which, which Harrison Barnes was still a free agent at the time. Up until the draft. I was, I was hearing Barnes and Cuban and, and the he was had thought like if you guys haven't heard Harrison Barnes signed with the Dallas Mavericks I heard, I was hearing Barnes was going to go to the Mavericks for a long time I don't know I mean there might they may have been making an effort we just don't know maybe I mean, yeah. Yeah. Barnes and Durant are nearly in the same but breadth still, of a player still better than than, than what they I have think, well right now they just got this like huge gaping hole where one of the best players in the league used to be and who are they filling it with like a, some bench player Andre Robertson is going to spell for Kevin Durant. That sounds He's going to be a beast. He's going to start draining. Definitely not. <laughs> you, can't, you can't drain anything. All right, fellas. I got some of you guys here just to think about really quick. So I think this is really fascinating. So if you go back to game six of the Western Conference Finals, right? Mm-hmm. Game six of the Western Conference Finals last year helped shape NBA history. Klay Thompson's 41 points that he made on these crazy, insane shots to win in Oklahoma City – really secured the fate of the NBA, shining a remarkable abundance of riches for a powerhouse in the Golden State Warriors while crippling the another NBA franchise, right? Thompson making these seven feet behind the arc three-pointers really won that game for the team. And if they would have lost, then Durant would have left if they would have made the NBA Finals. Right. So that one game change NBA history or at least the future right now yeah huge I mean you could you could even say game five six and seven too I mean Oklahoma City was close in all in all of them but yes but yes Golden State did have the comeback and did have uh the tremendous shot making ability by Thompson that you so eloquently talked about just now you spoke really well it was like you were almost reading or something but I have some notes for today <laughs> But, yeah, huge, huge implications from that game six. What do you think, Bob? It's insane, man. Just, those shots don't go in and the entire uh, landscape of the NBA changes. Like, just uh, yeah, but- it happens to go off, catch fire at the exact right moment, um, and completely changes his, his franchise's fortune. I mean, the, the Warriors still would have been in a good boat. They still would have had three of the best players in the league and a lot of other good players. Like, would have been able to keep most of their ship together. But right now, it's looking like... I just can't imagine how the heck you're going to beat them. Right. Like, obviously, they're going to lose a couple games, but they just... Unless an, in, an injury, something, I can't... I just can't see how you're going to beat the Warriors. I, Mar- Marcin Gortat tweeted after the signing, I feel like they're going to score 200 points a game, <laughs> which, which I don't know. It's, it's, it might be pretty ridiculous. It's going to be crazy. I'm kind of interested, but the more we talk about this, the more I'm beginning to just be mad at Durant for giving up on them. So I don't know. I mean, maybe by the end of this episode, I'll be I'm more the same. Durant. I think I'm just mad at life in general. <laughs> like, I, I feel like uh, I was just such a big fan of these teams that, like, go about it and don't get all the advantages and, and have to build their team the right way and have good teams. And then it just sucks so much, man, when you're rooting for a team. Like, I always root for the Detroit Pistons, and I always have sympathy for people that root for teams like uh, the Atlanta Hawks or the Minnesota Timberwolves. But the Warriors were this way for so long. This is not a historic franchise 
of all time at all. And they built them way. They built their team from the draft up and doing remarkable trades to get Andre Iguodala to have enough cap to sign him. And they were just fortunate to sign their superstars for really team friendly deals to get Kevin Durant in. So your argument doesn't make sense. It totally makes sense. They just. Uh, had the best record in basketball and then got the best free agent in basketball to join their team. But, you, but it was a remarkable GM play. What they did for that team to make this happen is remarkable. Was what Pat Riley did in the Heat remarkable? It was remarkable. Yeah, but I hate it still. I mean, it's like, why did they get that advantage? But that wasn't from the draft. You still drafted Curry. You still drafted Thompson. You still drafted Draymond Green. You didn't draft Durant. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, let's, let's wrap it, Duran. And I say, if you should hate anybody, I still got to go back to it. You got to th- hate Clay Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is the Marge Bridge of the Thunder making the finals to his team franchise having complete devastation. I, I, I just hate life in general. I, I hate, uh, I mean, as a Pistons fan, you have no idea like what it means to to my life, to like the community of Pistons fans, the way that they've won their championships, where you like actually build this team from the ground up, and it's like teams of like role players without superstars that just hustle their ass off and win these championships. And then to me, when like these super teams get together, the L.A. Lakers and the Miami Heat, and now the Warriors or the Bulls. But just uh, last podcast, last couple podcasts before this, you were saying you got to appreciate what you're seeing with the Warriors, all these things. And now they signed one free agent that that wasn't drafted by them. Also, they are one of the best players of all time, Matt. This is is not just one free agent. It's not like yeah, uh, but they still okay. Uh, who, did the, who did the Pistons get in free? Ish Smith. They got Ish well, Smith to play backup just, point guard. It's all right, let's transition. All right, let's transition here. Enough Warriors, enough Durant. Let's talk about some other big NBA free agents that were signed. All right? And Bobby, as a Pistons fan... We got they, Ish Smith from the Philadelphia No, they got Andre Drummond. They re-signed Andre Drummond. Oh, yeah. Everyone knew that was going to Yeah, happen. but he still was arguably the best free agent there was out there. No. Besides Durant. Besides Durant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then you had Al Horford signed with the Boston Celtics. That was a really big move for the Boston Celtics. You had Pau Gasol signed with the San Antonio Spurs. That seems I think, like it just makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, and I think yeah. it does make their team better. I don't know how they'll guard the Warriors, but anyway, then you had Mike Connolly re-signing with the Grizzlies. But get this: Mike Connolly is the highest-paid player in NBA history. He had a five-year, one hundred and fifty million dollar deal, and the reason why the Grizzlies could do this, make the largest contract, is because he's played with those Grizzlies the whole his, his whole entire career. So the longer you stay with the franchise, the more rights to your contract can get bigger. That's I don't know. Is, is that on my $153 million for Mike Conley. Let's think. Like, where's Mike Conley in the list of NBA point guards? Like, Slightly above average. Maybe around like 10th best point guard in the NBA. i say 8 to 12. Yeah, 8 to 12. And then he's getting $153 million over the next five years. Meanwhile, meanwhile the, Denvo, the Denver Broncos are still in salary dispute about whether they should pay Von Miller like $15 million a year or Well, something. the NBA salary cap, the NFL salary cap is 
crazy. Actually, it's, I, ad, it's absolutely insane. I have a whole been. thing, much. I, Bobby, I've saved that point. Later in this podcast, I have a thing for you to, okay, okay. to bring up. It's pretty uh, shocking, some of these things. That's kind of ironic about Conley, though, thinking about his past, because he was always second fiddle to Greg Oden his whole life, and Oden was supposed to be the big NBA star. Conley was kind of a throw-in throw to Ohio State. And Odin is Conley is still second fiddle. He's never been the best player on his team. In but his he's life. not. He's not second fiddle in money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just got the biggest contract in NBA history. Hey, the Grizzlies so. got Chandler Parsons and Conley. That's pretty good for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, big time for them. Yeah, Chandler Parsons went there. <laughs> probably get swept by the Warriors <laughs> four games as the eighth seed. Awesome. All right, another big free agent, Hassan Whiteside, re-signed with Miami Heat. The one-year wonder, Hassan Whiteside, signed a $100 million contract. That's, that is, might be, aside from Durant, the most interesting one to me. because He's a one-year wonder. Well, not, I mean, not only that, he has an attitude. And he, he, by a lot of people's standards, isn't even that good based on advanced statistics. Interesting history about Hassan Whiteside. Uh, one thing I heard that his advanced statistics improved rapidly throughout the end of the year and had a lot to do with the Heat's winning streak at the end. As well, they also got Joe Johnson. But uh, do you guys know what team drafted Hassan Whiteside? Memphis Grizzlies. Nope. Detroit Detroit Pistons. No. Sacramento Kings drafted Hassan Whiteside the exact same year they drafted DeMarcus Cousins. So he was a second-round pick. Um, He went to Memphis after Sacramento. he, he, He had to hop around. He worked his way through the... NBA Development League. He, I mean, went the, to Lebanon. Yeah, he played played overseas and then signed a minimum contract with the Miami Heat a couple of years. So he was making under a million dollars a year, and he is the first player in NBA history to go from a minimum contract to a maximum contract. So congratulations, Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, leading the league in blocks. I mean, pretty interesting player. One of the things that's interesting about that contract is just uh, how little the Heat have been prioritizing Dwayne Wade the last couple years. Like, a couple of uh, weeks ago, I predicted Dwayne Wade would leave the the Heat. And? And he hasn't yet, but it looks, it looks like heard, totally possible. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw, but apparently Wade has a meeting set up with Cleveland. Yeah, supposedly uh, that's happening because... The big thing now is supposedly the Heat offered Dwayne Wade two-year $40 million contract, but he wants a two-year $50 million contract. And the Denver Nuggets offered him a two-year $55 million contract. And the Knicks are offering him something huge like that as well. Yeah, so there's all, there's, there's all these offers on the table for Dwayne Wade. Well, the in big, the meantime, the Heat yeah. have been prioritizing signing everyone else besides him, just expecting his loyalty. And they just got in a fight with, about this last year. Uh, he almost he almost left last year. So uh, eventually, if you're Dwayne Wade, you got to feel like, hey, I've taken this many pay cuts in my career to help out this franchise. Uh, when am I going to be a priority to the franchise? You know, never so, never the highest player paid player on that team ever. Yeah, ever yeah, crazy. Well, well allegedly, crazy. allegedly to go with your guys' points, allegedly him and Pat Riley had a deal worked out. Okay, we will take care of you in the future. Just do this now so we can win championships. We will take care of you in the future. So now Wade is after taking us all. After taking a pay cut, he still got paid a crazy amount of money, but taking a pay cut, he's like, all right, well, it's future now. I deserve my contract that you've told me I would get, and he's not getting it. Whereas the Heat point of view, they just saw Dirk Nowitzki resign with the Mavericks for two years, $40 million. So they think, all right, well, that's 
where we see you as a player now, that's fair. I think he's still the best player on their team. Uh, I think he's better than Dirk is right now. But that, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's arguably the top shooting guard in the league. He's a hell of a player. And, I mean, some guys have taken pay cuts because of loyalty to their franchise. And some guys haven't. I don't think it like the Heat should be expecting that from Dwayne Wade. Kobe Bryant didn't do that to stay with Kobe Bryant maxed out the Lakers salary and I mean it kind of the Lakers were worse off for it, but uh it's I helping I, them out now. I can't blame a guy for for like wanting the money that he feels like he deserves, especially if he can get that money elsewhere. I don't understand like what hasn't he given to the Heat just all of his prime years and taking pay cuts during that time. Well, he's the best player in franchise history. Yeah, he definitely is. Alright, so I have one more question with NBA free agency with you. I know I'm just throwing this right out the blue. I think I'll catch you guys a little offhand. Which team do you think improved the most from NBA free agency besides the Warriors? Okay, let's think about some teams that improved. Uh, the Boston Celtics obviously got Horford. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis we were talking about. They... Parsons and resetting Conley yeah. was huge. Dallas got Harrison Barnes. And Bogut. Bogut. Yeah, Bogut's a good player. Man, I'm just not sure anyone even moves the needle, though. Did any? Did anybody increase their chance at at, uh, at well, okay, the well, conference you said, finals? You, or? I think I think the Celtics have the best chance of right. being better next year than any other team, just because Horford is an All Star, and they. Have, I mean, no, this is not this the is free agency. Yeah, they got Jalen Brown, the third overall pick, and they have the best chance to at least move their needle to compete. The Celtics are one of the most intriguing teams in the league uh, just because I feel like they just have so many assets and they're just primed and ready to pick up another superstar player. They just got Horford, who without a doubt is, is going to help them and he's going to make them a better team. He's one of the best post players in the league. Very but they just have so many draft picks coming up. They still own a couple of Boston's draft, I mean of uh, Brooklyn's draft picks. And... I mean, there's potential. Russell Westbrook hits free agency and is looking for a team to sign with. Uh, who knows what's going to happen as all these teams have got to compete with the Warriors and the Cavs. Like, who's going to commit to a rebuild and might want some of those Brooklyn draft picks? So both you guys pretty much believe right now that no one moved the needle very much. It's just there's these superpowers at the top, man. I mean, I would think Pau Gasol would be a huge pickup for the Spurs, but Tim Duncan looks like he's about to retire so I think Gasol and Aldridge are gonna play great together. I, I'm, Gasol is pretty much the exact same player that Duncan is at this stage in their career. I just don't see it as moving the. Like I think Gasol just kind of plays great with anyone, like a really high IQ basketball guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but they still lose Duncan. It doesn't. Right. It it just equals out. What were you about to say, Thomas? I was about to say something that Raymer is gonna be mad about. Just go ahead. Is about the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, real quick about about Durant and Curry. So earlier in the year, I was thinking Curry's about to run off like four or five straight MVPs, and now thought I feel like everything's changed. Like, can you give Durant or Curry MVPs anymore? I mean, if they win seventy four wins. I'm sure something like that's going to happen. You th- you think you can still? Give one of them an MVP? I mean, you have maybe the second and third or first and third or best players in the league. I don't. It just seems so hard 
Opens to get, the door up for some other guys. It'll, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Okay. So that's who I was thinking. Maybe LeBron can win another one. I mean, if, Kawhi Leonard. That those were the three that I was thinking are likely to win now. You know who else is who is intriguing in free agency? I feel like um, everyone's just kind of counting Derrick Rose out, and the dude's not really very old. He's like 27 years old. He's had some injuries, but I feel like that's an interesting pickup for the Knicks. Oh, big time. They yeah. Joe Kim Noah, too. Yeah, they got, they got Joe, Joe Kim Noah's Kim third Noah, MVP voting they a couple look, years back. Yeah, I don't necessarily see anything like that happening again, but they got a good... I like I like Jeff Hornacek as a coach. He's an innovator. A lot of the reason teams are going small ball right now is because of ideas that Jeff Hornacek blew, uh, drew up while he was working in Phoenix. and uh, I, So I think he's the best coach that they've had there in a while, and they look like a pretty damn talented roster. Be interested to see what the Knicks could do. Uh, one, I, I think we need to move on pretty soon, but one more free agency question. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about it. I'm asking, but Dwight Howard. Atlanta Hawks. Oh, did, he did sign. Atlanta Hawks. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I should have okay. said that one. So, Atlanta Hawks. So Dwight Howard... Kind of, I don't, I don't think he moves the needle. They yeah, lost Horford right. and they get Dwight okay. Howard. I mean, I don't. That kind of evens out, yeah. sort of. Traded away Jeff Teague also. So the Hawks probably got worse. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Schroeder <laughs> might be good. Who knows? I like. I really like. Maybe Schroeder Dwayne Wade is going to sign with the Cavs, and the NBA season just doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it's just Cavs with Warriors again. All right, all right. So I just want to end NBA talk for this podcast with a couple of those things that just blow my mind. All right. Let's just get into these NBA contracts a little bit and how insane the money is going on. This offseason, they've has been the largest offseason in the spending of any NBA history. And I think you can 100% attribute this to DVR. Because why is the NBA getting so much money? It's because they're signing new TV deals. What is the only thing that people want to watch live all the time? is sports. You record TV shows. You do all that, and so DVR is enhancing the contracts of all these sports athletes. But just put it in perspective, like Bobby, you brought up the NBA and NFL, right, and the comparison of salary cap and how the NFL has a hard salary cap where the NBA has a soft salary cap. Let's go into some comparisons on contract to contract. So Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams is a player for the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets, maybe the fourth best player or so on that team. He is making the equivalent amount of money and guaranteed money as Tony Romo in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. Pretty insane. Eric, maybe like the biggest franchise in sports and the biggest star on that, on that team. And Marvin Lewis. Guys, people don't even know about these guys. Role players are making more money than superstars in the NFL. I don't understand. How does the NFL not hold out? It's crazy. crazy. And then, all right, another one. This one's nuts too. So Eric Gordon, he's been on the Pelicans, got a big contract. He looked promising, but he's been injury battle for like four years straight. Really big disappointment for the Pelicans. Just signed a big contract with Houston up to like 70 or $80 million. Oh, my God. He, he is making as much guaranteed money as J.J. Watt. Arguably the best player <laughs> in the NFL, right? Arguably. Yeah. The, Eric Gordon. We're talking about a guy that's... So isn't, isn't the NFL like the most popular sport in the country? Isn't that the one that we tune into and watch every week and everyone plays fantasy football? Everyone and their mom and their sister and their uh, secretary at work 
Every, everybody plays fantasy football. You know NFL players. Everyone has a team. They get together Sundays to watch it. It's like church for Americans. And You're paying 12 players versus you're playing know. 100 players. Or yeah. 54 on the roster. It's Are just, the NFL players going to hold out? Do they care about the hundreds well, of millions dollars that they're losing? This is nuts. I'll, I'll end it with this last one. Matthew Delvadova. Oh, right. Matthew Delvadova. He, you guys have seen him with the Cavaliers. He's... A pretty good player. He's a solid role player, I guess. He signed with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's making the equivalent money to Drell Revis. Another great, great player in the NFL. One of the best corners, if not the best corner in the game. Him or Josh Norman. Or Sherman. And then that's just another one. It's just... I had to, to throw these things out to you because this just is mind-boggling. And that'll wrap up our NBA talk for right now. We'll come back with... Some MLB talk, some Euro Cup talk, and end with our Rapid Riots. All right, here to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Thank you to Wilderness Athlete, the authority on outdoor performance from the backcountry to the weight room. Wilderness Athlete provides the nutrition your body needs. You got supplements from vegetable, green fusion juice stuff, to high performance protein and energy supplements. Uh, really recommend them. We all we all take them over here, and they've really improved our body as we like to work out a lot. And uh, check them out at wildernessathlete.com. It's uh, goal, 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 goal. Golasso, golasso. Here we go. We're here to talk about. Something that I'm finally excited to talk about, the Euro Cup, as it's uh, been the best event in sports in the summertime. Uh, we got a special guest host here, George Sletness from... How do you say your last name, George? Hames. Hames. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice try. <laughs> George is, George is uh, someone who knows, actually knows about soccer or football from uh, Central America. So we're going to have him share some soccer insight with us. So first off... We, I'm just going to explain where we are right now in the Euro Cup. We are down to the semifinals. We have four teams left. Portugal plays Wales tomorrow. And France plays Germany on Thursday. And the championship will be on Sunday. So kind of intriguing matchups. Wales has never made it this far. And uh, we have an interesting matchup with teammates for Real Madrid. Gareth Bale on Wales playing against Cristiano Ronaldo. So, a quick question for you, George. Mm-hmm. This is hypothetical. So, let's say, let's say Portugal goes on to win the whole thing. Yeah. And let's say Ronaldo plays great. There's been a long debate about who's the better player, Messi or, or Ronaldo. And Messi just left, got eliminated from, from uh, the Co- Copa America. Yeah. Kind of disappointing. In dramatic fashion. In dramatic, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Say, say Ronaldo plays great... Would a lot of people be likely to call him the best player in the world, in your opinion? No. No, they wouldn't. Never. <laughs> Why just not? Messi just, Messi just no, owns no. the best player in no, the world? I that... No, I wouldn't say Messi, but just uh, I know there are more players not just in the Spanish league. I just should go uh, England, English, uh, they're attack the rough players. Or go to uh, South America, Brazilians. They're quick. Or Argentinians. They know how to move uh, uh, from... Uh, so, side to side so, so, so if we're going, talking still about Messi here, though, yeah. he said he was done with 
with Argentina international soccer. Yes. Do you actually think he's done? Actually, no. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think he's done. Um, I think that's just uh, uh, what all the like the managers of the team of Argentina of, uh, of Argentina are saying because uh, he's just has he hasn't been proving anything with the, for the country. He has been winning all kinds of championships like for Barcelona outside the country and with Argentina he hasn't won anything. So that's why they just think that he just. Uh, so you think he desires to come back? Yeah, he will come back. Yes, because he. The only thing he's missing to be like the best player on the world history is just to win a world championship, a World Cup with Argentina. And with that, he's done. So George is saying if Messi was to come back, because Messi's had so much success with club soccer, his, his club team, if he was to come back and win with Argentina, which he has never successfully done, then that would ultimately put him best Best soccer Man, player Man, this whole winner bust atmosphere in soccer seems pretty rough for Messi. I mean, he's done pretty damn well. Taking, taking second in the World Cup seems like a pretty big deal. Like, not that many teams get that far. I know if the U.S. got that far, I'd be pretty stoked. Right. And then, but for Messi, it's just like getting to the championship game and then losing to the best team in the world. Like, Germany just seemed unstoppable that whole tournament. Yeah. We all saw what they did to Brazil. They beat hmm. them like... What was it, like 6-7 nothing or something? Yeah, exactly. like 6-2. Yeah. So one thing to say, why we're Thomas for listeners, if you guys didn't see it, Messi lost in the Copa America final by missing a PK, which you're telling me the best player in the world missing a PK is shocking. Yeah. So that's why all these intense talks are happening because Messi was so saddened after the game. He was seen crying after the game, and word leaked out that he's done with playing International He's ball only for 29 Argentina. years old. Like, I, I just don't feel like it's fair to us as the fans. Like, we tune, we tune into these big tournaments. People travel around the world. Messi's supposed to be there. He's, just, he's the biggest star in soccer, right? It's yeah. up there. All right, so let's transition to the Euro Cup here. We just talked about we're in the semifinals now, right? Yeah. We have Wales versus Portugal, and yeah. we have Germany against France, which France is the host country. Yes. Um, who do you see as the favorite right now? Uh, between those two countries, um, I mean, the usual will be Germany because they're the world champions. But uh, the problem with Germany right now is that they have uh, three players out because they got injured. So that just uh, lets France uh, be up, up ahead. And also, they're playing in France. So, the oh, stadium, right. so they're going to be at home playing against uh, Germany. So, so Fran- France is the host country. Yeah, for this. yeah, yeah they're the host country. So I didn't know they were playing with three players out. So that's huge. Yeah, they're home field advantage and three players out. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, so they're going to be... They're going to put different players for Germany, but they're not very good so, players. So your prediction, who's going to win that one? Uh, France. France wins that one, and who wins on the other side? Do you have the upset with Wales moving on, or, or is it Portugal? Who do you got? I think that Wales is going to win because uh, they're smaller, but they have the heart. They will fight hard. Like Portugal, eh, I don't know. They just have one player. Whole team after that, they're good, but uh, uh, just uh, they talk too much. I love your pick of Wales. I love your. I've watched, I've watched at least two games of Portugal so far. I've watched yeah. a couple games of Wales as well. And going back to this teammate thing of Gareth Bale and Ronaldo being teammates on Real Madrid, Gareth Bale plays for Wales. Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Portugal. If you don't know, I think Gareth Bale has been the best player in this tournament so far. He has been dominant, 
if you watch him. He's had so many goals, and he, he's uh, succeeded on his opportunities. Whereas Ronaldo, in my opinion, which I'm not a so soccer expert, he has missed a lot of his opportunities on goals that he normally makes. You see him make all the time. If you want to put him as the best player in the world, you see him making these goals. Their team has not won a game in regulation yet. Every game's either gone to overtime or PKs. And sometimes when I'm watching these these uh, teams that have like one superstar player, and it seems like they lean too heavily on them, uh, it just seems like it sometimes takes away from like the the ball movement of the team. Like they're trying to force the ball into Ronaldo too often, or they're trying to force the ball into Messi, and there's not so much like team ball, which is what soccer is all about. That ball's got to be swinging around and players have got to be working together. I mean, obviously all these guys on these teams are world-class players, but I think sometimes that superstar aspect and mentality and what it has, the effect that it has on the team can be detrimental. I don't know. What do you think, George? All right. I mean, I think you're right, but the thing, for example, Portugal, I mean, the whole team is all not really good. It's not like only Cristiano is good. Like, the problem of... Uh, those good, really good players is that they just think for themselves. They don't play. They don't play as a team. So selfish soccer. Yeah. Saying. So. And maybe it affects the way that the other players on the team are playing. Like they they don't have as much confidence because they feel like one guy has more respect than them, or or yeah. they just like I feel like as a superstar player, it's kind of your responsibility to uh, to pick the rest of the team up to your level yeah. instead of kind of like put yourself above them. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, well, let's, uh, let's pick an ultimate winner for the Euro Cup here. We got the, ch the championship game on Sunday. We won't have another podcast before then. So, Bob, I'll start with you. Well, there's some interest. I'm kind of drawn in a few ways um, because of my heritage as a person. I have uh, Welsh. My last name is Lloyd. That's a Welsh name. German and French in my bloodline, but I'm going with Wales because uh, I met a Welsh dude one time. He was pretty cool, and I, I, just, I just love the team. I love that they've never been there before, and uh, big Gareth Bell fan, and I, I, I like the way they're playing. I think they could, they could take this thing home. Thomas, I'm going to go with Portugal. I want Portugal to win because I want to see the debate between Messi and Ronaldo if if Portugal was to pull this off. So I'm gonna I'm hoping for Portugal and I, I think they'll pull it out too. Alright, George, what do you think? Alright. I'm trying to keep it simple. Like they're playing France is playing home. Uh, they can win it. Be to get everyone out. I mean Portugal out, get uh, Germany. Germany out, like they will. Because I know Germany's hurt. Um so you're, you're going with France. You're yeah, going with France, the French. Yeah, Germany yeah. just doesn't seem like a team that's rolling on all cylinders right now. I know no. they have as much talent as anybody, but they like seeing them like barely squeak by. Uh, yeah. Who was the team they just? Was it Italy that they just? Yeah, Italy, well, Italy's yeah. a very good team too. Yeah, yeah but I'm yeah. just saying they just they just didn't. That look was their like first close game of the tournament, and yeah. three of their biggest, three of their star players all missed their PK. Like like their biggest stars, Mueller, Schweinsteiger, and Ozil. All miss PKs in. Uh, yeah, Mueller in the never shootout. does that. Mueller, wow, that's those crazy. Guys, those guys are not supposed to miss those shots. It just seems like a team that's not playing up to their capabilities, and uh, I just like the way these other teams are. A lot of it's momentum, and they just don't seem to have momentum. All right, well, I'm gonna go with Germany. I'm, I'm German in heritage, and all three guys picked the other teams. 
why would I not go with the world champions? <laughs> okay, so I guess we it looks like we got time bad to going a little wager here. Yeah. I say uh, George, George is French for the audience too. His mom is from France, so I'm not at all surprised by his bias pick. Just so we're now. all going towards a heritage. Yeah. If only Italy was here for you, Thomas. Yeah. Maybe Thomas is a little Portuguese. Who knows with this guy? We, we all go back to our roots. <laughs> all right, we got a little bet going here. As, um, so, so what are we going to do? Uh, the winner gets free food or something? The winner gets free food. I like that. Or Okay. We could do that. You guys or you guys we, could come. Well, how about this? We will think of our bet. We'll post it on Twitter, okay. and we'll let you know. If you guys have any ideas for the bet we should do, it might be outlandish and crazy, whatever you want. Just uh, hit us up at RaintownRide on gmail.com or hit us up on iTunes or uh, hit us up on Twitter. See, think of what crazy ideas you can have for us. But uh, all right, we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to talk, do some MLB talk and end with our rapid riots. This is Thomas here talking to you about Liberty Gym. You guys need to check this place out. I cannot believe the gains me and my buddy Bobby have been getting there since joining. It's on Cutler and Washington, and we are huge. Um, you can reach Liberty um, at 884-8012 for more information. Uh, classic style weightlifting gym. And great equipment there. I have seen tremendous gains, and it's just a great environment to work out. Some of the best facilities in town, uh, affordable prices at $25 a month, great gym atmosphere where people actually rack their weights and respect each other. Hope to see you there. We are moving on to baseball talk now, and the hottest team in baseball comes from the city who just won the NBA cha championship. The Cleveland Indians are on fire. Their overall record is 51-32 and 32 now, almost 20 games over 500. And since the Cavs have won, what's the record, Raymer? Since the Cavs have won? I'm not 100% sure, but it's really freaking good. They won a 14-game win streak, the longest streak since 2013. And I know that run started like right in the beginning of – Right when the Cavs are about to win the title. So I know that that city is completely going crazy right now about their sports franchise for the city that's been so, been so distraught for so long. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, the Indians historically suck. The Cavs have had a tough break. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of eerie how similar, like, the Cavs. Have you seen the thing about their the the Cavs record through the playoffs almost identically mirroring the Indians uh, record recently and the teams that they've played and the series that they've played. There's something weird going on in Cleveland. Some type of curse or uh, Maybe witchcraft. The, the, something. Tide, the tide is changing. Who knows? Hey, who knows? Cleveland Browns are projected to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Who knows? Maybe they'll actually win three games. Yeah, RG3 for MVP. Did you say win three games? Yeah. I, that sounds <laughs> so silly. So the, the Browns have actually won the same amount of games as the, in the last three weeks as the Cleveland Indians – or in the last three years as the Cleveland Indians have won in the last three weeks. So this team is just red hot going into the all-star break right now. Yeah, Cleveland looks great. Their pitching staff has been by far the best in baseball the last two months of the season. And who knows? We'll see what happens. They can make a run. Moving on to some other teams, 
Uh, the AL East, you know, the AL East, the big popular one with the Red Sox, the Yankees. As a really is the closest division in baseball right now. You have Baltimore in first place, and Toronto's two games back. And then the Yankees are six games back. Pretty far. They'll probably be sellers at the trade deadline. And then the other, I'll just give a shout out to the other good teams in baseball here. Yeah, the Chicago Cubs, of course, they had a little bit of a spell where they losing some team, losing some games. They still have the best record in baseball, 52 wins and 31 losses. Yeah, the Washington Nationals, the San Francisco Giants with a great pitching staff. And then the Texans have been really, really good. Or not the Rangers, I mean. Sorry about that. The Texans. Talk about the Rangers. The Rangers have been really good. And uh, with that, I think we should transition to the overall MLB All-Star rosters well, were this announced. Is, this is, hold on, Matt. I got something I want to talk about in baseball. Because you recently had an opportunity to see two of the hottest names in pitching live. And I just want to hear your reactions from the game and what were your thoughts going on over there. Well, first of all, I was a little pissed because I was supposed to see Clayton Kershaw uh-huh. versus Strasburg for the Nationals. I was in work and travel in L.A. and Strasburg versus Kershaw, the best pitching matchup of the year. But if you guys follow baseball, Strasburg was hurt. Um, that was the first start he was scratched for and he went on the DL after that. Uh-huh. And so I didn't see Strasburg, but I saw Kershaw. And Kershaw was dominating, and the Dodgers won. But I was sitting really, I was sitting really close to right field, so I was right next to Bryce Harper, who was heckled insane amounts during the game by those Dodgers fans. Every inning, they were just constantly chanting at him. And like then, what kind of stuff were they saying? Overrated was really high. Some steroid stuff or something stupid like that. And I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff that way. But then also, you know, I'm, as a Warriors fan, I was stoked because Clay Thompson's brother. Is also play plays right field for the Dodgers, so I was right. He was right there too. Any heckling towards him? No. Just kind of respect towards uh, what's his name? What what's his first name? What is his first name? I just call him Thompson. Thompson. There we go. Pretty easy. Little, little bro Thompson. Hey, he's actually he's playing really good this year. Thompson's making a really good name for himself for the Dodgers. And a little funny thing that's kind of interesting is I happened to take a picture of Thompson and did not take a picture of Bryce Johnson, uh, Bryce Harper. So, I guess I like Thompson a little more Harper. Harper's MVP candidate. Harper might be the biggest star in baseball. Yeah, MVP last year. Probably the biggest star in baseball. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, Thompson's little brother. I noticed that on the airplane on my ride home. Because I, you know, I was looking about, I was like waiting for my, I was waiting to wait on the tarmac forever for something in LAX. And uh, I was looking at my pictures of the game. And one picture of one player, and it happened to be Thompson. I feel like we got to apologize to our Major League Baseball fans. I mean, it's obviously tough to maintain, like, a balanced radio show when you care more about uh, Clay Thompson's little brother than than Bryce Harper. He's been really good this year. So Uh, Bryce Harper? Always. Nope. Yeah. I was talking about Thompson, but Harper, (laughs) yeah. Harper's on base percentage is ridiculous. So Raymer is our first... A uh, member of the show to go out and watch a live game and get feedback to us. We we gotta start doing this a little more, I think. Yeah, we'll we'll dig into our pockets a little bit and start sending each other out to games. <laughs> I'd love for you guys to sponsor me to go out to some games. So yeah, it's to happen any any okay, day now. So, so other MLB news: me being an Atlanta Braves fan, the Braves still. No triples this whole entire season. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, no, not a single. Do they just have no speed on that team. Um, 
That's they have like Bartolo Colon running the bases all over the place. He plays for the Mets. I know that, but I'm no, just saying okay. equivalency speed. Well, it's a combination of that and the Braves just being god awful at hitting. So the last team to go this deep into a season without a triple was uh, the Giants in 1982, 41 wow. games. So wow. um, just a dismal season now continuing for the Braves, but everyone knew this is going to be rebuilding. So we'll see what has it, what they have in store for the next couple seasons. Uh, Raymer, did you want to talk about some all-star? Yeah, let's just give a shout out to some of the stars in the MLB. Um, the big news really is for the all-star game, the National League, the Cubs will have five players starting. This includes their entire infield with Anthony Rizzo, Ben Zobris, Chris Bryant, and Addison Russell, which out of those four, Addison Russell's the only surprise. The other three, you really thought they would be there. But then they also have Dexter Fowler in the outfield, who was a late signing in this offseason. Uh, so that was a big mood for them. And then in the, following up, finishing up the roster, you have Buster Posey with the Giants, and Bryce Harper, of course, as we mentioned, and Ioannis Sestibis, who is having a great year with the Mets. A lot of RBIs this year. So as you transition to the American League, it's kind of a similar thing. You have the Boston Red Sox all over dominating it. You have them having four starters. You have the three young studs. In uh, Jack, Jackie Bradley Jr., Moki Betts, and Xander Bogart. Sorry about that. And then David Ortiz, who is having arguably the best season of his career. He's been uh, outstanding for the Red Sox this Monster year. Monster year from Ortiz. Our, yeah. And he's supposed to retire at the end of this year. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Then you have two Royals, Salvador Perez, Eric Hosmore, and then Jose Altuve, who I have to give a shout-out to because he's having an insane year. The 5 six. Probably around five six, player that's hitting four hundred foot home runs for the Houston Astros has been an absolute monster, and I'm really glad to see that he made the All Star game. And then Manny Machado for the Orioles and Mike Trout for the Angels. Manny Machado, I don't know if you guys have seen this guy play, is turning into one of my very favorite players. Just like a wizard defensively, he is unbelievable least talked about best player in baseball probably yeah he and and his hitting is coming around like crazy this year too hence the starting uh third baseman in the all-star game so exactly exactly. so fun fun player to watch i'm sorry bobby no uh detroit tigers here miguel cabrera miguel cabrera's a reserve okay so i'll give you that they got a reserve yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) the guy that had a triple crown most consistent player of our lifetime. Yeah, he's the best batter of our lifetime, for yeah, sure. right. I saw, I was so watching. what's the deal? Why is he not in the All-Star game? Because well, Ortiz. He's a first baseman in Ortiz. No, it's Eric Osmore for the Royals. He's having a great year, too. Oh, Ortiz is the DH. Yeah. Okay. Well, Hosmer, okay. Hosmer, Hosmer is a little better looking than, than uh. Than Cabrera. Cabrera is still having a solid year. Still having a solid year. Cabrera... It just seems like sometimes you should get the Lifetime Achievement Award, you know? And, some, get, and get voted into the All-Star Game. Like like Kobe Bryant? Yeah. I feel like... Base, like what's the All-Star Game without Miguel Cabrera? Well, baseball All-Star Games, I feel like, are different than, than NBA. Like, the NBA is more consistent every year. I feel like it's it changes extremely from one year to the next in baseball. Like, it's more likely a player is going to have a quote-unquote good year. Every and just, but I, don't I feel know. like the team would still be better off with Miguel Cabrera. Like he's probably still the best first baseman. 
Hos- Hos- Hosmer's having an insane well, year. And really Hosmer good year. is way better defensively than Cabrera. To to add that in, but um, I can see that. But I was okay. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I was watching. I was watching a Angels and Tigers game on TV the other day, and Pujols, Albert Pujols, who plays for the Angels, longtime MLB star, got on first base and was chatting with Miguel Cabrera, and it kind of like just hit me right there. I was like, "Wow, these two talking to each other are maybe the biggest legends, really, of my of like, our generation. Uh, of our generation, like these two players." Both standing on first base, one defensively, one as a runner. Just kind of mind-blowing to see those two guys next to each other. Now Albert Pujols might hold the worst contract in the MLB. Ah, uh, that's debatable. I'll have to look up his stats. I never, I always feel like his stats are not as bad as people say, but we'll have to, we'll have to look that up. All right, Bob, it's that time. Rapid riot. Here we go. All the enthusiasm in the world, we're stoked on this. We've been waiting for two weeks to get back to our rapid riots. It's about that time. Uh, I am going to take my time to honor a great American and a great athlete. Uh, Kimbo Slice died since the last time we did a podcast. Uh, He was an inspiration to all of those of us that have ever gotten in a fight in somebody's backyard. Uh, no, in, in in all seriousness, um, feel, feel bad for the guy. It was tough to see him. Uh, he, he's a street fighting legend. And then uh, his time in MMA, he got into it pretty late, almost at the age of uh, 40 by the time he started, and he was riddled by injuries. But uh, great guy. Ton of fun watching him on The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, bummer to hear Anybody pass away that young from a heart problem, 42 died from congestive heart failure, uh, possibly linked to steroid abuse. But uh, he's an entertaining athlete. Uh, shame to see him go. That's how I wanted to spend my ride. Rest in peace, Kimbo. All right, all right, all right. I'll get on my rapid riot here. So mine's to be a little off topic because I think this is just an extremely interesting story that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, Denard Robinson, the old Michigan quarterback that was a stud, right? Very athletic. Now he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he transitioned to running back. He's actually a pretty decent player in the NFL. So, the story just came out where Jacksonville Jaguars running back Denard Robinson was found asleep at the wheel by authorities in his car while his car was sinking into a retention pond in Jacksonville, Florida. So, he's sleeping in his car while his car is sinking in a pond. However, he was not found to be drunk. He was not impaired. He was legitimately sleeping while his car is sinking in a pond with his girlfriend, who was also asleep. <laughs> what the hell is going on in this car? They were sleepy. <laughs> also, how much of Jacksonville, Florida is a pond? <laughs> well, there's because coming from Albuquerque, we don't understand this type of thing. But I imagine Jacksonville, Florida is being like 85% pond. There's a lot of pond, but you drive into a pond, I mean, like, what the hell? Both you guys are asleep. How, how slow was his car sinking that the authorities were able yeah. to find him? be able to react that quick. Yeah. <laughs> that is not in this, in this story, but uh, guess what they'll find out. But. I'm imagining some sort of, like, quicksand situation from a bad 90s movie. <laughs> where I'm thinking if they were away. not impaired... What the hell are they doing to make them so tired? Maybe the inebriation wore off by the time 
They got the authorities got there. That's the only thing I can think of. The slowest sinking car in history. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was my rapid right? Tom, what do you got? Okay. So, as going back to a couple weeks ago, Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA championship. Cleveland was always regarded as the city that uh, was had bad luck in sports. Hadn't won in anything in a number of years. What city is that now? I was thinking about this. What city is the city that needs to win? And some ones that come to mind. Another Ohio city, Cincinnati. Um, the Bengals have not been good. The Reds. The Reds have not done anything since the 60s. So, and then another one that comes to mind is Atlanta. I'm a big Braves fan. The Braves were the last team in that city to win a championship in 1995. The Hawks have not been successful. And the Falcons, and the Falcons, Falcons got close. Falcons did get close, but no. And then this one, this one's more borderline, but Seattle. Seattle, the, the, the Seahawks did win fairly recently. Seattle rec- just won okay, a okay. championship. Okay, but, but the Mariners have had really bad luck. They lost two straight years in the ALCS leading against the New York Yankees, those teams with Griffey and A-Rod. And they lost Oklahoma City. Lost the the uh, Supersonics. Supersonics to Oklahoma City. So I mean that's just Buffalo. Kind of rough. I mean it's. I was trying to exclude Buffalo's really bad, but they only have one. Oh, what they have two. two? They have Sabres. Sabres, Sabres yeah. one, you think? I don't know. We don't know enough about hockey. But Bobby may be onto something. But I'm, I'm, my vote right now is for Atlanta. The Braves are the last team to win since 1995. Interesting. Um, San Diego. Portland. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, what is San Diego? The oh, Padres yeah. and the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, well, Atlanta has three teams, so it makes it a little worse to me. 1995, that isn't even... When's the last time Chicago won a championship? The, the White Sox won the in Black 2005. Hawks won That's the true. And the, the and, the Bull, and the Bears won. And the, yeah, they win and the Bulls had, Yeah, the Bulls have had a lot of success. So. A while ago, though. I'm just saying, 1995 doesn't seem that long ago in comparison to, uh, like, say, Houston hasn't won anything in a really long time. Well, the Texans have never won one. The Rockets since Olajuwon. Like 93. Since Olajuwon, right? Okay. Well, how about Cincinnati? Did they win one with Pete Rose? No. I have no damn idea. Plus, I mean, I mean, a part of the tragedy of Cleveland. Is that you have to live in Cleveland also. So yeah. you suck at sports and you're in Ohio, which is like probably the worst place to live in the whole country. <laughs> so since it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our Cleveland, Ohio listeners. If, if Ben Lolly's out there listening to our website, you, <laughs> you, you heard it here first. <laughs> Cleveland sucks. <laughs> and I uh, imagine Cincinnati also sucks. I've never been there. But, yeah, if they haven't won anything in a long time, Cincinnati's the new loser. Because it's not like you can feel sorry for San Diego. Oh, the poor people of San Diego with their perfect 70-degree weather every day of the year. And great economy and wealth and beautiful women. Cincinnati sucks. Cleveland sucks. Uh, All right, well, I think that wraps up our (laughs) podcast there. Uh, We don't have any more listeners for the state of Ohio. Akron, we love you with LeBron James and Steph Curry. But that wraps it up. Uh, thanks for listening. If you have any comments or want to hit us up, hit us on rametownright at gmail.com and hit us up on Twitter or iTunes. Well, I got all my stuff stuffed in a ride and truck, and I'm headed to the city to get lavish. Well, I got all my stuff stuffed in a ride and truck, and I'm headed to the city to get lavish. Truck on some 10 foot mic cord on a five foot. Banging on a beatbox, must have been down on my luck, but I'm ill till my final five bucks dries up in the meantime.